Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. So we are going to have some fun tonight. We are in this series called Culture Clash which if you know anything that's going on in our world right now, it is an interesting time. A lot, is, a lot of our culture is going away from heaven. It's going away from the direction of kingdom, but not for long, right? Because we are called to be culture shifters. We are called to bring a shift. We are called to not just be people that just sit back in the pews, which I do have to say, I love when pastors say that joke, sit on the pews because my last name is Pew. And I'm like, us pews, we are tired of being sat on, okay? (laughs) No more sitting on pews, okay? But that used to be the culture of Christianity. Like you would go to church on Sunday and then you would just, you know, not even say hi to your neighbors throughout the week, just not engage. But we are in a time where we have to engage. We have to engage in culture. We have to be involved in our schools. We have to know our neighbors because we need to usher in heaven. Come on. So that is my message title. If it's going to be up there, awesome. Usher in heaven. We are called... Yes, I love it. Ooh, that's nice. Good job. Good job, team. So we are called to usher in heaven. And how do we do that? We do that through prayer. Very simple, through prayer. So one of the biggest things that I've learned at this church is how to pray. And I I used to, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. I have amazing Christian parents, but I feel like the majority of my life, I did not know how to pray. I prayed very passive, safe prayers, like that sounded something like, God, if it's your will, would you please just heal this person? God, if it's your will, would you just help me to have a baby? If it's your will. You know, I never put faith out there. Because why? Because I was afraid of disappointment. I was afraid of God not showing up. And you know, as I was thinking about it, when we pray passive prayers, we are actually preparing for the worst case scenario. We're preparing for that. And if we are constantly fearful of the worst case scenario happening, we begin to look like the world. There's, there becomes no difference from the sound of our prayer than the sound of the world. And, you know, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world, right? We are called to have a different sound. We are called to have a sound like heaven. When we speak, things should shift. But the majority of my life, this was not the case. I, I've always been a praying person, I feel like, but I didn't see things shift because there was that lack of faith. So tonight I want to jump in just and focus on three deterrents that come in in our prayer lives. Three deterrents. So the first one 
is pain. You know, sometimes pain can deter us in our prayer life. And we begin to become so overwhelmed by our feelings that what comes out of our mouth is the opposite of heaven because we are so consumed by the pain. You know, when my son was five days old, I had this tiny, adorable little newborn, and I remember just looking down at him, holding him, and I remember seeing this twitch on one side of his body. And you know, your, your mama's heart is like, alarm, alarm. That is not right. That is not normal. So after a process, you know, this kept going on, and we felt like we have to do something. So we call 911, the paramedics rush to our house, which is traumatic in itself, you know, being a parent of a, a child that's only a few days old. So they tell us, you know, nothing, we don't, they did, took all his vitals and they said everything seemed okay. But this twitch kept going on. So after a few days, you know, we were like, okay, we have to take him in. So we took him in to urgent care, and we thought this was going to be a, a quick trip. You know, they were just going to check him out. Everything's good. But as they started to do testing, they ended up sending us to Rady's Children's Hospital. And they, before I knew it, I, I just remember looking at my little boy you know, in this incubator, and he's just hooked up to, to all these wires. And, you know, as a mom, all you want to do is hold your baby. You know, and I couldn't even touch him. We weren't allowed to touch him. And it just felt like this negativity completely washed over me. The person that had learned, because I was attending this church at the time, but the person who you know, he used to pray faith-filled prayers. I'm like, I don't know where I went. <laughs> Sorry, it's still, it's still emotional for me. Yeah. You know, as a mom, it's, it's something that is the closest thing to your heart, and you see them yeah. not where you want to see them. So we end up, the doctors come in, and they're like, I'm so glad you brought him in because he's been seizing and that was like the first stagger in our heart. <laughs> you know, he's, he's having seizures. And then we, a little time goes past. They, they do the EEG. Then they do an MRI on him. And they come in and they say, you know, he, he's not actually just seizing, but he had two massive strokes. And then they start telling us, you know, Worst case scenario, worst case scenario. Here's what happens when a newborn, just like your son, this is what happens when they have a stroke. And it was worst case scenario. And I remember looking at my husband and I said, I can't do this. I, I reached my limit. I cannot go through with this. And it was the pain just was completely consuming. I could not for the life of me find words of hope. I couldn't find words of faith. I was paralyzed. It was paralyzing, the pain. You know, the second deterrent in our prayer life is a lack of understanding of our identity. When we are unaware of our identity in Christ, our prayers will again be safe and passive. 
I actually used to be terrified of public speaking and not just public speaking, but like speaking in general. <laughs> like I remember being, <laughs> I remember being in school, you know, they would have like every kid read a paragraph, like they would go around the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to read this paragraph. Maybe I can escape to the bathroom, you know, when it's my turn. Like I wanted to escape speaking in front of people altogether. <laughs> I did not feel like I had anything intelligent to say. I didn't feel like I had something that was worth people listening to. So this was something that really was also paralyzing in my life until I began to attend this church and I began to understand that I have a calling, that, I, that my identity is in Christ, that I am a daughter of Christ. Yes, come on. So that is when things began to shift for me, is when I understood that I carry that same spirit of Christ. You know, in Romans 8, 11, it says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. <laughs> I love it. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in us. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So since we carry this same spirit that Jesus carries, I want to take just a quick look at some of the things that Jesus said in the book of Mark. So I'm going to go quickly, but I can tell you all the references later if you want to know them. <laughs> so to a leper, Jesus, you know, the leper says, are you willing to heal me? Jesus says, I am willing, be cleansed. To a man with a withered hand, Jesus says, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Come on, somebody. Are you guys, are you guys okay? You guys good in here? <laughs> all right. I know. No more crying. It's going to be good. <laughs> to the 12-year-old girl who was pronounced dead, he said, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. To the deaf mute man, Jesus says, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. So you see, wherever Jesus went, he carried heaven with him. Wherever he went, he ushered in heaven. And I know that his thoughts were aligned with heaven. That as he spoke, that he was, he was in alignment, complete alignment with heaven. That freedom came out of his mouth. That joy came out of his mouth. That life came out when he spoke. You know, in Matthew 6, 9 through 10, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we are called to pray on earth as it is in heaven, that our situations on earth should look like heaven. And if they don't, then we need to call that in. We need to call in heaven. We need to speak that out over our situation. You know, I think of heaven, you think there's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no lack, there's no suicidal thoughts, there's no depression. 
There is only fullness. There is only completeness, complete healing, complete freedom, complete joy. So that is what we need to call to earth. Amen? I love hearing people say amen. So if I say amen, please say it back, okay? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So when we pray, what are we preparing for? When we pray, what are we preparing for? Are we preparing for the worst case scenario? Are our thoughts prepared for that when we, when we go to God in prayer? Or are we preparing for a heavenly outcome? Are we preparing for heaven to happen? Amen. So the last deterrent in our prayer lives is when we stop with the cross. So what do I mean by that? Yes, of course, Jesus died on the cross so that we could be set free, so that we could have a life where we are saved, where we are with him in eternity. Thank you, Jesus. But that is not the end, right? The Bible says three days later, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And I love that first song we sang. Oh, I already forgot the lyrics, but (laughs) let me just scroll, scroll, scroll over here. Scroll like I'm a phone. Why did I just say that? I don't know. (laughs) Scroll. So it says, see that grave, nobody in it. I love that because it's, it kind of sounds a little bit ghetto, you know, see that grave, nobody in it. But that is why (laughs) there's nobody in it. Okay. So when the devil comes to us with his little lies, you know, when the devil comes, you need to say, hey, devil, see that grave? Nobody in it, you know? And it's okay if you do a little, nobody in it, devil. So that means that we, yes, we have fun in church. It's okay, everyone, lighten up. You know, it's okay to be ghetto. I know I'm very white, but it's fun. It's fun. So we are called to have a victorious spirit, that we are called to pray from a place of victory, from the place of victory. So going back to the story of my son, so we are in the NICU getting this terrible news for our son, And, you know, the doctor starts telling us he may not be able to walk. He may have difficulty speaking. And he started speaking all of these death-filled phrases over our son. And we came to a point where we said, enough is enough. We are tired of these of these doctors speaking death over him. And you know, they even, they wanted us to sign him up for all of these programs, these government run programs where they would come to our house once a week and they would assess his development. So, you know, they would look at him and they would say, oh, you know, he's crawling, but the left side of his body seems to be moving a little bit faster than the right side. Things like that, where they would assess him. 
And, you know, they, it's interesting, too. They said there was a wait list to get into these programs. A wait list. So there's so many people in this world who are longing for direction, who are longing for help. There was a wait list. So five days old, they said, you know, get on, get on these wait lists because you need to do this for your son. That's the best thing for him. But, you know, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, that is not the best thing for our son. We decided to put our foot down and say there will be no more death spoken over him. There will be no more lies spoken over him because we knew that he was from the Father, that the Father had created him perfectly, that he was whole, that he was restored. So we didn't need somebody else to come to our house to tell us how our son was doing because we knew and we began to get our roar back. That is when things started to shift in my prayer life. You know, I said, there is, there is no way that I am going to live this life believing the doctor's report. You know, life is too short to not believe that God can restore my son, to not believe that God can fully heal him. And you know, it's amazing to look at my son today. He's four years old and he is the most joyful, incredible son. And I say this, this next part, not to boast, but because actually to boast in the goodness of our father. You know, our son is actually ahead. He is ahead of where he should be compared to a lot of other four-year-olds. He is ahead in his speech and he is so brilliant. And I know that God has such a calling on his life. Such a calling. You know, in Mark 16, 17, this is after Jesus has risen from the dead. And he's speaking to his disciples and he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover will recover. I think some of us need to remember that Jesus isn't just saying this as a nice phrase, that when he says they will recover, that that means that they will recover, that we have that authority, that we have that same spirit that is in Christ, that same spirit. So can we just all stand to our feet tonight? <clears throat> You know, I believe that tonight God is going to do some miracles. That there's some of us who need some healing from our past, from our identities. Maybe we have been paralyzed with our voice, with speaking. Maybe we had been shut down a lot as a kid. You know, maybe you're paralyzed by pain. Maybe you are in a situation where you are so consumed by the pain that it's hard to speak anything that is hopeful. Tonight, I, I know that God 
wants to stir up the miraculous. That He wants to stir up the miraculous. So Jesus, let's just lift our hands to heaven. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are the God of the miraculous. I thank you, Jesus, that there is nothing impossible with you. I thank you, Jesus, that you have called us to usher in heaven, that you have called us to bring heaven to earth. I thank you, Jesus, that you are flooding us with your authority. And Vance, you can, you can give me a little more. You know, I like, I like some oomph behind me. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall in this place right now. Fall in this place. Come on, if you are in this place and you are far from God, if you have lost hope, if you have lost hope that He is good, that He is faithful, and you want to recommit your life to Jesus, you want maybe you want to come to Him for the first time, then I want you to just raise your hand. This is between you and God, to just raise your hand nice and high. He sees you. He sees your heart. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you see the hands that are lifted. We come back to you, Jesus. We come back to your heart. We come back to you, to our first love. I thank you, Jesus, that you are our first love, that you are our creator, that you are our sustainer, that you sustain us. I thank you, Jesus. And tonight, I believe that God wants to give us a fresh touch from heaven. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.